This is Office Magazine's podcast. I'm Sam Niyami. Today, we have a conversation between cult writer Tao Lin and the writer and artist Brad Phillips. First, a brief word from Office's managing editor, Alex Weiss. I'm Alex Weiss, and I was supposed to moderate a conversation between Brad Phillips and Tao Lin, but I blew it. I felt really bad about it, and they were both super understanding, probably because they both know what it's like to fuck up. And that's what makes their work so appealing. A lot of people these days, especially on social media, project an image of perfection. Photos of their perfect dinners, their latest achievements, a love letter to their perfect boyfriend or husband or wife. Meanwhile, Brad and Tao write books about their transgressions. They share their deepest insecurities. They blow it, and then they try to learn from it. So here's Brad and Tao in conversation without me. Sorry again, guys. Hi, Tao. Hi. Do you feel, I feel a kind of a bit nervous, I guess. Yeah, I do feel nervous. It's just hard to think of what to say. I know. We've we've prepared a good amount, I feel like. We have a lot of topics. One thing... Go ahead, sorry, I interrupt a lot. I just think, because I read your document, that actually most of our conversation isn't about anything. It's about we're going to, it's about trying to think about talking about these things later that we never talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You read that document I sent you in this document. I collected all our communications regarding our first phone conversation. And the first message is from February 18. Yeah. And maybe I can read what you said. That would be nice. This was a video message you sent on on Twitter or Instagram. I also feel so strongly about missing 411, The Hunted, that although I have not used a telephone to communicate with people in over one and a half years, I would actually call you on the phone to talk to you about it. That's true. I remember that. Now I want to talk about missing, but in my mind, I thought you said missing 411 like me, but you say missing 411. Yeah, I've been saying missing 411. I think you're saying it wrong. Mm, sorry. It's just with like 311, I say 311. You know the band 311? No. You don't? No. Mm, they were big when I was in like middle school. We kept talking about having a phone conversation, and I put like 10 pages of our communications regarding that up till March 21st, and then I stopped recording. Why did you stop? It was just, I just thought I would finish it later and I could still compile it. I kind of was touched that you recorded it. And then I remember that you just record everything and it's not personal. Then I felt a bit stupid for being touched that you recorded it all. Mm, Thank you for feeling touched. I don't think it's, I do it for everyone because there's just so much. I feel like this is one of the few things I've documented I document stuff with my relationship and cats, and then I can't think of anything else. But with this thing, I feel like we could release it, like, to promote this, because this is our first phone conversation. And it's not even on the phone. Maybe I felt like this because I saw what you had kept about Giancarlo after he died. But I was thinking that... Yeah, because we've talked so much about having a phone conversation and now our first phone conversation is public, Mm. even though we're we're both 
I think, very private. I'm, I don't know if you think that you're private. I think you do. Yeah, I think in some ways I'm private. But and I feel like more in a, in a physical way, maybe. Like, like actual privacy. Hmm. Yeah. I want to say I'm private and I do feel private, but then I write so much of my life into my books. So I don't know if I'm private. I am shy though. Yeah. But you're actually more brave on the internet. I, I, res- I commend your bravery. I'm always proud of you for being brave. Hmm. Yeah. In the, in the document, you said you haven't talked to, people in over one and a half years but then later on you mentioned you have talked to Gian every two months or so on the phone yeah i saw that i had lied to you i read that myself mm. and then i realized i had talked to christine my mom mm. my therapist and Gian only so it's not as i wasn't as isolated as i sound maybe i was romanticizing things mm. i'm no. looking at that is seems pretty isolated to me still. What were you gonna say? I'm just I'm looking at the document now too. Mm. Thanks for thinking I'm isolated also, Don. Yeah, you also said that when we all met, we met in 2018, you came over to my apartment. Yeah. And you sat on the couch and talked for like ten hours, I feel like. Did I talk a lot? Yeah, you did talk monologuing just with other people i remember oh i wasn't like obnoxiously just talking i was conversing with people yeah that's what i meant by talk you're talking to jordan and other people i'm glad there was other people because i say in the document here that jordan thought we would get along because he didn't know any other person that was as self-isolated as you and i Mm. yeah that's true, I think. Mm. Yeah, you talk about not having any physical friends around you. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't either. How do you feel? Do you, do you feel deprived? Mm, I don't think so. I would like to do some group thing. Like, I've been yeah. thinking about getting MMA training. That hurts your feet. Mm. I did that. I did that one time, and my feet were fucked up for six months after but go for it Mm. what made you want to do it it was when i first started i think it was around when i met you i first started working out and getting muscle Mm -hmm. and then i thought this seems like a thing that you do with your muscles maybe Mm -hmm. but then it was not i didn't have enough muscle to do that thing that you do with your muscles and hurt my feet Mm -hmm. but it's i think you would like it though Mm, yeah, I think I could like it. Being having a teacher telling me what to do and being able to do it, and just yeah. being around some people sometimes. How's your arm? You've been having arm problems. It's. I mean, now it's thirty percent dead. Mm. It's worse in the morning, and and sometimes I use my phone and it makes it worse. It's called cervical radiculopathy. Mm. It's. It just feels like it's not my arm, which is weird. It feels like it's a stranger's arm stapled to my body, sort of. Mm. Thank you for always asking me about it. And also you praised, or you told me you were grateful that I had a still a nice percentage of arm left that I could feel. 
Yeah, I was glad you didn't lose total control of it because you were saying you had lost 90% at one point. It was around 90. I screenshot the things you say sometimes because they make me feel cheered up because you're very nice and positive to me. Mm, thank you. Yeah, you're so nice to me. It's good having my politeness appreciated. And you're so generous with your praise of my work, which seems rare to me. People usually don't want to overdo it, I feel like. But it's hard to overdo it for the receiver, I feel like. <laughs> it's true. And it's just good because I can return to praise because I like your writing so much. Yeah, I don't see why... I don't see a reason to hold back on being praiseful. It's it's a nice and good thing to do, and it makes things easier. I don't know what the motivation would be behind not, between withholding praise, maybe jealousy or competitiveness. I don't feel those things. Mm-hmm. What about other people getting jealous of you giving me so much praise? Jealous of me? Jealous of you? Jealous being- of both of us, yeah. They're thinking, like, why isn't Brad telling me he loves my book? No one else has given me their book to read. Mm-hmm. They could receive equivalent praise. I think it's important to be generous, really. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Thank you. Things are painful enough as it is. So if you, and also I know how much work it is to write a book and it's difficult. So why shouldn't you tell your friend if he's nice to you how? You, you think he did a good job. Mm, yeah, thank you. And your blurb of my book was so good. I'm excited to give you a blurb for your next book. I look forward to your blurb. Yeah. I was happy to blurb your book. Because there's an artist, Ken Lum, that I told you about, maybe. Your book reminded me of his pictures, because I like when people are able to balance things that are funny with things that are really tragic. Mm. And that. That's what I liked about your, not that there was tragedy, but things that were serious were funny. Things that were funny were serious. Uh, I really appreciate that. Mm, Thank you. I've been wondering. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I, you haven't been interrupting me, but so you should go ahead. It also just made me want to meet Dudu. Mm. Yeah. Mm, That's nice. I wanted to ask you about, X-Files. Yeah, go go in. I've just heard a lot about it, and I knew about it growing up, but I never watched it. But then I started hearing people talk about how just it might be really accurate on its future world, but I'm not sure what it is. Could you explain it? I watched it when it first came out, but I think I was probably snobby. Like, so I thought this is, I would say this isn't good, but secretly like it. And then I watched it again, and uh, it's, a, it's hard to figure out how to synopsize it. It doesn't matter about the characters. I mm. guess what matters is that the, the character of Fox Mulder, who's one of the two protagonists, he, uh, he believes in aliens, and he consults this thing I told you, this tabloid, the Weekly World News, mm. which is the, most, the tabloid that looks the most ridiculously unbelievable and outlandish. Mm. Um, and I found out last year that that tabloid was bought by a CIA agent, which, mm. fits, which fits into this narrative. So the idea was that he was getting his, his leads for, for mysteries to solve from there. Mm. And I don't remember when it came out, over 20 years ago. 
the premise is that aliens are real, mm. but that alien abductions are manufactured by the government so that mm. aliens have visited Earth. The United States government has reverse engineered their technology mm. and is now creating hoax alien abductions and alien sightings. Mm. Um, and then I found out with the Stephen Greer thing that you, I had already seen earlier stuff that that's the kind of theory now with people that are in the intelligence community. Mm, mm. That's surprising to me that it's about that the U.S. government is hoaxing alien abductions. Does it also portray aliens as a threat at all, the X-Files? It was only the first four, the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, I guess it, it exemplifies what the, what these people say the U S government's trying to do. The mm-hmm. first three seasons, agent Mulder, he believes the abductions and the aliens are real. Mm-hmm. And he believes that the sightings are real mm-hmm. of genuine aliens. And then he has some experience I can't remember. And it's made, it's made clear to him that actually these alien crafts are the American government. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't, I don't think they, in the first three seasons, the aliens aren't depicted as either friendly or unfriendly. Mm-hmm. And there's other episodes with monsters that are made out of septic material. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the aliens are depicted as being agents of the American government. So unfriendly in that way. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel any aliens as made by humans, like machines? No, no. Mm. The, uh, his partner, Agent Scully, mm-hmm. she is impregnated in some fucking like hybrid breeding project that's done by the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the U.S. government is the evil alien, and there's no mm-hmm. there's no threats from real alien life, and they are portrayed as being um, benevolent until they came until they were kind of hijacked by the government. Mm. I like that. Is are these two people FBI or CIA or FBI agents? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But when I found that thing out about the Weekly World News, mm-hmm. it was interesting because I had read things before that about how the CIA and the FBI wanted to make, um, you know, conspiracy theorists look like whack jobs, mm-hmm. so they would plant real material. And it was just interesting to find out a CIA agent owned that newspaper because it, it made it more plausible that they've actually been doing this for a long time. And that, um, I don't know how to say what I want to say. In the Stephen Greer thing, he talked about the alien abductions and the aliens on those craft being just short humans in alien costumes. Mm. It's all just so crazy to me, I guess. And it's surprising to know that it could be real. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. It's it's so crazy if all this is real. I bought a copy of the National Enquirer. Yeah. Check it out after hearing you talk about the that tabloid being bought by a CIA person. I think you have the wrong time. You'll just learn about Brad Pitt's diet maybe through the... Unless there's good stuff. Yeah, I think I got the wrong one. They also yeah. have the Globe. The Globe is good, but the, 
the CIA stuff particular, is particular to Weekly World News, which is out of print now. Mm. Is it Canadian? No, it's American. Mm. Yeah, the National Enquirer, what I got, it's, it seems like it's all celebrities. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, which, I mean, that's interesting sometimes. Yeah, I like that it shows a lot of unflattering photos of celebrities. I know they zoom in on people's cellulite and they're like on the beach with telephoto lenses. It's horrific. Yeah. I liked it compared to just seeing really sexy, good photos of celebrities. So. Me too. When you said that you wanted an alien to grin at you, what, what do you think will happen after? Why do you want them to grin at you? Just because it, it's a different facial expression than I usually think of aliens making. Like in drawings and photos, I usually see them just having a blank, scary yeah. expression. And just now that I started thinking more and more that aliens might be peaceful, I want to have a to see an alien smile so I can get a different image of them in my head so I won't be as scared of them. You're like preparing for it. Yeah. I like that. I never see them make expressions. So mm. if, the, if the first expression is grinning, that's nice. Mm, yeah. Do they show them in the X-Files? Yeah, they do. But they just have a blank face always or no mouth or something. Hmm. Interesting. But, Does the but, X... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead, please. All right, I'll go ahead this time. Does the X-Files... Oh, I forgot. Does the X-Files refer to any real-life events like Roswell or like... Yeah, they talk about Roswell all the time. Hmm. There's episodes set in Roswell. Hmm. What do they think happened? The same thing thing that you think happened. I mean, it's hard Mm -hmm. if people don't know Stephen Greer or these... Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same information, which mm-hmm. makes me wonder who wrote the X Files mm. or consulted that knew these ideas that the U.S. government had reverse engineered alien technology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder if there was any opposition to that perspective being put out there to so many people. Because I feel like everyone who's seen the X Files was probably predisposed to believing Stephen Greer. Yeah, but. Well, then what do you think of the idea of there is this movie called The Hurt Locker about the Mm. CIA and advanced interrogation techniques. And apparently the CIA consulted on that movie. And Mm. um, people think the same thing about this show Homeland. I don't know if you've seen this. No. That is is partly CIA propaganda. Mm. So I I wonder if maybe the American government You've probably seen these things where the CIA says that they have reporters in every magazine and every mm-hmm. newspaper. So they must be on television too, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And in Hollywood. Yeah. But it just seems like they wouldn't want to support something like the X-Files as much as something at like Independence Day where yeah. the military is viewed as saving everyone and aliens are viewed as really bad, right? It's confusing what, what their agenda would be. I think it's just constant instability about what the truth is. It's sort of, it's sort of an agenda. Um, but what do you think about how they keep releasing all this stuff now about alien sightings being real? Mm-hmm. I think I've just heard 
or it just seems like it could be a continuance of trying to frame aliens as a threat. Yeah. And then before there was more ridicule trying to get people not to talk about aliens. And maybe now it's shifting to where people can talk about aliens and it's viewed as a threat. Right. Because it's part of the daily conversations or something. Yeah. And the government's saying that there are UFOs that they don't know what they are. Because they're kind of like, oh, shucks, we don't know what that is. But then that could mean later we're going to shoot that thing down. Yeah, yeah. Or it could mean that they're going to, if they, if these UFOs are made by them, they can fly one of them somewhere and blow up like some building. And the whole world will just be freaking out and like supporting whatever new bill to make better weapons to fight the aliens or something. I just wonder what the end like what the the desired result is that if the if they can convince people of an alien invasion mm-hmm. and then increase their their military budget, what mm-hmm. will they do with what do they want all this money for? What do they I never understand the 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 end result. Mm-hmm. It could be to get to just try to reach parity with UFO technology from real aliens. Because right. otherwise it's a threat to them. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you seen a movie called Arrival? Yeah, yeah. That had, like Yeah, I did. It's good, right? Yeah, it had a different view of aliens. I, I like they weren't anthropomorphic. I like that. Hmm. Because a lot of the sightings that you see are aliens near nuclear re- nuclear energy sites or nuclear reactors and i think it's pitched as this is why they're evil but in that movie it suggests that they're trying to warn us against nuclear technology mm. yeah that comes up over and over that people who are pro not pro alien but are are that are opposed to this malevolent view of aliens that they're actually just warning us consistently that nuclear energy is dangerous Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was like that in the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still too. Yeah. You've seen that? Yeah, a long time ago. If there was an alien culture that was wiped out by nuclear energy and they were coming to warn us, this is very nice of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And you sent me that video of Joe McNeagle. Is that how you say his name? I think it's Joseph McMonagle. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's why I think it's weird. His name, the second half is so long, McMonagle. You don't have to say sorry. It's because your last name is so short. Yeah, I'm used to short last names. But this guy, he remote viewed for the government's Stargate program, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about how he remote viewed Mars and saw these giant pyramids and stuff. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Yeah. Because he looks, if you Google him, he just looks like a dirty hippie or a new age person, but he was one of the founders of the remote viewing program and photographs, satellite photographs of Mars, they show kind of the faint outlines of structures. And so when he did that project, he didn't know what his target was, which turned out to be Mars 1.5 billion years ago or a million years ago. 
And he drew Mars but with drawings of those structures as not eroded. So he was seeing them in the genuinely seeing them in the past and mimicking and drawing the structures that we see in photographs, but as not yet eroded by time. So I believe that it's real. I don't mm. know. Did you, believe, did you believe that it's real? Yeah, yeah, I did believe. And I've read other stuff about NASA covering up finding structures on the moon and Mars, too. Like what? Yeah. I've read that this guy, Richard Hoagland, he used to work for NASA. He came out with this book all about this, how they routinely find structures on the moon and Mars and then like the face on Mars. Yeah. And then they try to cover it up, it seems. I just wanted to ask you about your personal experience with remote viewing. I bought the I bought that McMonagle book in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then Christine and I we started practicing. So I would draw I would draw a shape or something on a piece of paper, really simple things like an S shape or a triangle on a piece of paper, fold the paper and just put it where she could see it. But it was impossible for her to see the image, just the paper. Mm. And it was surprising. Like pretty quickly, she was able to draw things that it was similar. Mm. Um, and then we went to Los Angeles for a show we had, and we tried it again with our friends and our friends were able to do it too. And, Hmm. it's not like it's not the sort of thing where you could say well anything can look like this shape you can draw you can write you can write the word you know you can write anything on a piece of paper you can write a word in in spanish you could write you could make a drawing of a triangle you could draw a sonic youth album cover so if i drew a a triangle and she drew something that looked vaguely triangular this Hmm. is interesting right Hmm. Hmm. yeah yeah so So mainly she was trying to figure out what you draw. Did you try to remote? I tried to. Yeah, I tried to. She was better than me. And then our friend Eli was better than everyone. I drew the shape of like a bird, like a circle for the head and two wings. And he drew something that had like a circle in the middle and two loops at the bottom. Hmm. Considering all the images that you can think of is close. Yeah, some people are probably better at this than other people. Do you think it has to do with meditation? You how can you tell me your experience with meditation? Just that I'm never good enough at it. Mm. I don't know if you can be good at it. But somewhere in the book, in the McMonagall book, he says that remote viewing is an innate ability that we have and that it comes from billions of years ago, us needing to be able to say, like, find our lost child or find food mm. to, to move through time and space where it's urgent to your survival that you be able to do so. Mm. And now it's just, it's maladaptive to this world, the world that we live in now. Mm. I think that you should try it. Yeah, I want to try it. I've been trying to practice meditation more, and I feel like I'm not good at it either because partly because of my health. I feel like in the morning, I try to meditate every morning, but a lot of the mornings I'm sneezing a lot for some reason, and it (laughs) interrupts 
And then often I'm itchy too. That's kind of, huh? That's cute. Mm, yeah, it's pretty hard. But anyone who would teach you meditation would say, for one, the the thing that you're doing wrong is saying to yourself that you're doing it wrong. Mm. Not not how you're meditating, but that you're judging your meditating. Mm. If, so if you're having a talk of sneezing, meditate mm. on the sneezing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Every time that Tao sneezes, you, you notice Tao just sneezed. Mm. And when you're itchy, just notice itchy. Mm. That's good yeah. meditation. Yeah, thank you. That's good advice. You should be my meditation teacher. <laughs> you do look like a guru, I feel like. <laughs> uh, you can't but, judge your meditation. This is the big mistake. Yeah, yeah. With I feel like with remote viewing, too, when I hear Stephen Greer talk about it, he talks about how you have to just, like, be confident that you can do it, that it's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my mom had breast cancer in 2020. No, sorry, two, 20 years ago. She has cancer now. Mm. And she, she did this thing of just telling herself and visualizing her tumor shrinking. Mm. And when she had an MRI, they couldn't explain the shrinkage of her tumor. Mm. So she was confident in the tumor shrinking. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I believe these things. Just judging your, judging all the things you're doing and always is, is problematic and it's a hindrance to success. Mm. Not that I do it. Of course I do it. Meditation is boring, but then you just meditate on how it's boring, I guess, you know? I'm talking so much. I think people want to have some experience, a mystical experience or something, it's, but it's just nothing. There's nothing mm. mystical. It's just a boring thing. And mm. that's when you realize that everything is just a boring thing. Mm. That's not so guru, but... Yeah, I don't get that one as much. <laughs> what about remote viewing? How does that relate to boring? Yes. I don't know. I don't know how meditation relates to remote viewing. I mm. think it's just not judging your the thoughts you're having, and also accept, believing that your mind can do more than you're capable than you than you've been taught that it can do. Mm, mm. Yeah, but in meditation or in remote viewing, do you try to like calm your mind first by meditating, or what, how do you do that? I guess I would. I haven't done it enough to say I have a like a. A routine, but I think that would be ideal, yeah. Because they talk about you know having a quieted mind, and this other guy, Robert Monroe, he does a lot of meditation, a lot of uh, binaur isochronic beats or something, mm. you know, type of stuff. Mm. But I'm just I'm barely a remote viewer. I just was trying to learn a party trick. I was amazed at what they could do. I don't understand it. It makes me feel a bit scared in a way because I don't understand it. Not scary. Mm. Yeah, it seems like maybe people, everyone who's conscious really has access to every other space or point in space and time. Yeah. And that somehow you can access that. That's really overwhelming to think about. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. You said you wanted to be able to remote view the aliens so you could get them to come to you. And then that made me think, I said, how when my grandfather died, I thought he could watch me masturbate. That's mm. the idea of universal consciousness is too, too frightening to me. Yeah, it means 
like who knows how many people are watching me masturbate like in the future so many people are watching so many people are watching what's the weirdest thing you've heard of someone trying to remote view well it's not weird but in in this book this guy skip atwater wrote they had a they had like a they severed with other remote viewers because people were remote viewing the stock market trying to make money that's mm-hmm. what i would do that's mm-hmm. spiritual or not that makes sense try to get the money you know? mm, yeah wouldn't you want that yeah did it work i think so yeah mm. well, did, did you see the thing about the the remote viewing and uh, the heaven's gate cult no what happened with that it's in i think i sent you the link to this documentary there was a group of people that were remote viewers and they were associated with the monroe institute and when the hail bop comet was coming hmm. they they remote viewed and saw what they called the companion object which was the shape of like a vehicle behind the comet hmm. and they talked about it on this guy art bell's talk show Mm. He does like a paranormal type talk show mm. and the heaven's gate cult people listened to his talk show and they had been waiting for some sign that the world was ending mm. and they heard that these remote viewers had seen some shape behind the comet mm. and they became convinced that this was the alien aircraft coming to take them home and they all committed suicide mm. so this woman says she feels responsible for this mass suicide mm. the woman who remote viewed the object yeah yeah mm. Mm. She, it's i have enough trouble just dealing with getting up eating breakfast remembering to exercise yeah me too yeah. are you exercising i've been just trying to i've been biking once a day yeah i could exercise a lot more though i only get like 20 to 30 minutes when i met you you were you could do a lot of pull ups Mm, yeah, I had a good pull-up bar in my room. I don't have yeah. a pull-up bar anymore. But the weirdest thing I've heard of someone remote viewing after you showed me the Joe McNeagle McMonagle, <laughs> I looked up his books and in one of his books he said he remote viewed like 5 or 50 million years ago earth to see what was happening then. Yeah. and he saw like these humanoids or something yeah he didn't he say the same thing about mars that he saw like a civilization of humanoid type creatures that were in distress or something yeah yeah and yeah and he said that he thinks that these mars people they were like 11 feet tall or something and that that we're the we're the descendants of them we escaped to earth yeah yeah It sounds possible honestly. Yeah, I think it's possible. I feel like people just more and more I feel like stuff that just that stuff like that or just the truth is probably even stranger than what we're considering right now. I think so. Yeah. But then I saw this show Ancient Aliens and I started to believe them too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of that. And you were watching Hunting Hitler. I tried to watch that. I tried you needed some kind of account though, but then I watched clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wanted to know what the final conclusion was of their search. The same as every bullshit show they get you hooked in is that they don't have any answers for you. But mm. up until the end, there's so much evidence of the Nazis living in South America. Mm. And I had researched a lot about this place, Colonia Dignidad in, in Chile, which is where this Nazi pedophile mm-hmm. started, started a cult. And then he started to train people in torture who were for Pinochet. Mm. and Hitler went there for his birthday or something. And there's really old Argentinian people who remember meeting, seeing Hitler in this village. Mm. There's so much infrastructure that they built in certain South American countries. Um, and they were showing, they were digging up land and finding pools that had like Nazi tiles in them. There's so mm. much stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not really a conspiracy theory so much as just information that they only found recently Mm, yeah yeah and in the you know about operation paperclip where they brought over nazi scientists yeah i feel like that that didn't come out till like the 90s or something yeah it did come out in the 90s yeah and they brought out like 1400 scientists and i've read that a lot of them still just openly identified as nazi yeah. And then yeah. I've read that they've they infiltrated NASA and other organizations. Yeah. And that they're possibly a part of what people call the deep state. Really? Nazis, yeah. Well, they're they're hard to get rid of the Nazis. But it it all just seems surprisingly believable to me now after things that i've seen and but i always worry about seeming like a crackpot at the same time Mm. Mm. yeah me too yeah it's hard to talk about these things that's kind of the reason why there's things like the weekly world news which is so that you end up looking like a crackpot you know yeah yeah i think there's definitely a reason why it's hard to talk about these things like i don't think i could just write all this stuff about ufos and have my publisher publish it no, no yeah i would need to be careful like what i could say and to say like the what i could say and otherwise self-publish it but then no one will read it i read the, I, I read the self-published books you recommend <clears throat> yeah yeah self-published books are good for this kind of stuff i don't know how i don't know what way you can talk about this stuff that isn't already suspect like the the mechanisms are they've made them so successful that no matter what you look like a nut job yeah yeah i feel like with the aliens there's there's certain ways in like if you talk about aliens being peaceful yeah and just not wanting to view it as a military thing i think a lot of people can get behind that i would hope so yeah and people like Stephen Greer or the guy who did that show unacknowledged, they're not they're not just people who live with their mom in Buffalo. They're people that work at the Pentagon and they're generals. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's shocking yeah. to me. Yeah, he has so many people from the military and so many politicians and some yeah. astronauts too support yeah. you. And there are some stuff like this that people can't talk about like i feel like mk ultra everyone accepts that yeah 
And I remember I recommended that book, Surviving Evil, to you, and you read it, which I was grateful for. I was grateful you recommended it. Mm. But it was it was so disheartening. Yeah, I mean, if everything ends up being revealed in time, why do you have to? It's unfortunate that we look like nut jobs believing it maybe a decade earlier than it becomes accept you know acceptably believable. Mm, mm, yeah. The MK Ultra program is pretty well known, and then in Surviving Evil, I was horrified by how horrible, horrifying some of the mm. things were. Mm. Yeah, it was disturbing. And didn't you? Didn't you have the? You gave me Karen Wetmore's contact info or something. Yeah, and she had a. There was two little clips on YouTube of her that vanished. And one of them was two guys had found her and I try to say they took her outside and she found that she could shoot a rifle as with like marksman ability, but had to her mind had, she'd never held a rifle before in Mm. her life. Mm, Yeah. And in the video description, they said that they had been talking to her and they had posted these two videos and that she had suddenly just kind of, gone silent and not replied to them and then a couple months later the videos were gone off of youtube Mm, yeah she's pretty old i wonder she's in her 70s yeah i'm sort of it's sort of hard to understand since there are like astronauts and generals and people in the military why this stuff isn't more well known Mm. to me Mm. Yeah. Do you think that most people wouldn't want to know that this was real, potentially real? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because I feel like if you're just, if you just think all this stuff is a ridiculous conspiracy theory, your view of the world might be like the same as like Joe Biden or something. Yeah. Where you just think like the world, as long as Trump is gone, things are like pretty good. Yeah. This disturbs that big time. Like yeah. things are so dysfunctional, potentially. So I feel like a lot of people are would be reluctant to start thinking things like Nazis are still around. I'd rather know what's really going on. I think. Yeah, I would. It reminds me when that first Gulf War happened. I was, you know, like a obnoxious young person, and I would tell my mother that. George Bush is bad, you know, or after 9-11, I would say, George Bush is bad. And then, after, you know, years later, when things came out about, like, Abu Ghraib prison, my mom would say, George Bush is bad. It's kind mm-hmm. of like that. It's, you know, like, I believe this stuff is possible now, but I look like a, I look like a lunatic for believing it. But maybe later everyone will think, yeah, it's, it's possible. There are aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think you're interested... I'm more interested in why why we're interested. What is it Hmm. you think makes you want to believe this stuff or think about it? Hmm. Part of it is just wanting to... Part of it is wanting to just get people to think that the mainstream media and news isn't accurate. Yeah. There's no bigger... There's nothing larger? Like, do you find this... Do you feel life on earth is dissatisfying and you want there to be a broader place? Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's that too. It just seems learning about remote viewing and all this life just seems more magical. Yeah. Without all this stuff, it's just like, it's so bleak. Like you yeah. just live and die and there's no meaning. Yeah. All this stuff also seems to indicate that after you die, you'll still exist in some way. Do you want to exist still? I don't know. If it's better, yeah. <laughs> I don't see how it'll get worse after dying. It just seems like it'll get better somehow. Yeah. The release or something. But we should talk about 411, missing oh, yeah. 411, I mean, sorry. Miss, missing 411. This was the first thing we wanted to talk about. It was, it was this, I think, it's just two documentaries, right? And yeah. Yeah, you told me to watch them, and I did. There's Missing 411, The Hunted, and then Missing 411 about children. But I like the one about The Hunted. Mm. It's, hunter, it's hunters, though. It's not, it's people that are hunters. Yeah. yeah they go, they, they document all these instances where hunters who are mostly always elderly and kind of infirm are with people in a hunting party and then vanish off the face of the planet. Mm. And they can't, using all typical means that they would use to find a missing person, can find nothing. Mm. And sometimes months later, the remains of the person will turn up in a place that had already been searched dozens of times. Mm -hmm. Mm. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I couldn't figure it out. It seems so mysterious how this would happen. And I feel like the best theory I... God was that the government was abducting people for some kind of experiment or something. I remember you said you thought it might be have to be related to parallel universes. Yeah, I think it would be. I was. Th I thought more it would be quantum physics. People just falling through some rip in the space time continuum. Mm. There were such there were such remote and strange places that I couldn't fathom a reason why gov the government would be there to take an old diabetic guy from Utah mm. and rip him out of the space-time continuum and then deposit him again there later. Um, like cadaver dogs and these kind of dogs that they use to find people, they're shockingly precise. Like it blows my mind what they can do. Mm. They can find someone, they can find someone's hair, like a, someone's dandruff, like 10 miles away. But they would take these dogs to where someone had gone missing and they would be able, they couldn't find anything. The dogs would whimper and look confused and run away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And in one of them, a kid was disappeared at one spot and then reappeared like way farther away than he could have gone yeah. through the snow or whatever. Yeah. 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 But with your theory, wouldn't that happen with people in other places too? Yeah, it would. But maybe maybe no one notices if someone goes missing like on a Friday night in Houston from like the club district. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's more but, noticeable if there's four people in the forest. Yeah. And then I remember in the haunted one that at the end they showed a woman who had saw a being that was like the thing from the movie Predator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold it. I Did, couldn't 
that, I don't know about that one. Yeah, it, well, it seems to be trying to say that that has something to do with the disappearances, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wish there were more documentaries by that. By that. I know, I know. It's confusing because all the other cases, the person just seems to have vanished in there. Yeah, there's that one about a kind of creature. But then I also, do you believe in Bigfoot? I do. Yeah, I think there could be. Yeah. 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 There, people are still discovering new species of, of insects and fish in remote places. So to me, you know, the art, the, the forest in North America still has very remote places. So why couldn't there also be un, unseen species of bipeds? Yeah, definitely. It doesn't seem that outlandish. But in the documentary, didn't they have one group who heard like something making noises? Yeah, it was kind of like some metallic sound, like a clanging or a banging mm. sound. Mm. And then like the kid, there was a guy who went missing and he showed up in a place where if he had walked there, he would have had to walk like five kilometers in knee-high snow with no shoes. And mm. then they found, they found his shoes kind of resting on a rock and then his skull resting in another place and not, mm. no other parts of his body. Mm, mm. Yeah, that, yeah, that was messed up. You said you felt scared and had a nightmare about a woman that was in the, they found her in the fetal position. Yeah, yeah. After I see stuff like that at night, I get scared. And then even if I read about UFO alien abductions, I'll get scared at night. That's sweet. Yeah, recently I've been getting scared and I've been <laughs> also having this message in my head that I should listen to my intuitions because I hear Stephen Greer talking about that, that yeah. I should do that. And then it just makes me think, am I actually sensing something near me? And it just makes me more scared. And then you get more scared. Yeah, I don't know if people should always follow their intuition. What if it's wrong? Oh, not always. Not always. Depends what it's about. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a pretty big fan of intuition when for things that are creative, like writing or mm. making art. Mm, that makes sense. My intuition, if I see an armored car, is kill the driver and steal the money. It's not mm. a good idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other theories about the 411 besides the parallel universe? Not really. I, I found it really spooky. More spooky than aliens. Mm. Yeah, the thing that made me think it could be the government abducting people is just how the people who disappear would show up far away as if they had been taken up into it aircraft or something yeah i know that part's bizarre but why would they deposit them why would they leave them anywhere i mean mm. all these things are so i just couldn't see the government just being ready in a forest in wyoming to take mm. an old to take an old guy mm. and you, if they need people to abduct go to the city you know mm. there's people, there's people everywhere mm. Mm. i found that more terrifying because with aliens there's a there's an image of a potential nemesis, but with someone just missing, I don't even know what to be afraid of. Mm, mm. Yeah. Have you seen any UFOs? 
I, I think in, I think that one time in Manitoba, I was with two of my friends in 2005 and there's a lot of UFO sightings in Manitoba and I don't know what's beneath it, North Dakota. We were, we were driving to a really remote place and my friend, his dog was in the backseat, this little shitty dog. Mm-hmm. And I was in the backseat and my other friend was in the passenger seat and his dog started to like shake and mm. get really yappy and then it vomited. Mm. And I remember looking into the sky and I saw three little bright, right, like rectangles far away. Mm. I remember the guy driving said that was weird about his dog. Hmm. And then we got back to where we were supposed to be. No one talked about anything. And then like a couple hours later, I said, do you guys remember seeing anything? And they both said, yes. Hmm. And my friend talked about his dog puking as being totally inexplicable. And then we all talked about how after the dog puked, we didn't remember speaking in the car. And we got back to where we were and we didn't speak for like an hour. And wow. then we all just remembered this group experience that we hadn't communicated when it happened. I believe, I think that was something weird. Yeah, that seems weird. And I've, I've read about people when they see UFOs in groups that somehow they don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Do you, did you have any missing time, do you think? No, I mean, I'm always missing time. Mm. But we didn't, I didn't really remember the drive. And the part that was the strangest was his dog getting sick right before it happened. Mm, yeah, that seems hard to explain. Dogs can sniff out tumors, you know, so maybe they can see an alien. Yeah, or just sense that something's off, right? Yeah. Do you ever, when you're younger, just go into the forest and then become very scared? Mm, no, but probably I've been scared just like standing beside a forest. Yeah. Looking at the forest. Yeah, I feel like I got scared a lot. As a kid, I would be scared of my closet if it was open and just scared if my if I was on my bed and like my feet were uncovered. That's something that grabbed me. Did you check under your bed before you went to sleep or in the closet? I I would be too afraid to check the closet. I would check under the bed except I had a drawer there. You're safe because of the drawer. Yeah. I don't know, the intuition thing you're saying that makes you feel scared. Really, when I lived in British Columbia, I really liked being in the forest. And sometimes I would be in there and I would just get really frightened and try mm. to get out of the forest as soon as I could. Mm. I don't know what it was. Mm. There has to be more than we can see or imagine or else nothing else really makes sense. Like this experience of being alive is so bizarre and unusual that there has to, but our lives are so mundane but we're mm. so unusual and complicated but mm. our lives are so boring there must be something more complicated that justifies why we're even here in the first place mm, yeah that's a good point yeah. it's so hot here is it hot there does it get hot there yeah in the daytime in the sun but in the shade and inside it's pretty <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've heard people talk about aliens being interdimensional. Yeah. But then 
Stephen Greer talks about how it's, he thinks it's just in the same dimension. It's just other parts of this dimension. Like, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, how we can't detect electromagnetic waves. Yeah, yeah. He thinks like those waves can keep going past X-ray and gamma rays to other rays that we haven't figured out. I like the idea. Hmm. There's, there's so much stuff that we can't see. And then with, with, with the multiverse, there's this theory that the Big Bang isn't a thing that happened. It's a thing that keeps happening. Like, hmm second by second, in, hmm. inter, eternal inflation. So there's hmm. like the Big Bang and then a ripple, which creates another universe. And the Big Bang is just a constantly repeating circumstance. So hmm. out, of, out, of each, out of each iteration, a new universe is created. But I've, once I got interested in it, eventually I needed way more math. Than, are you good at math? I couldn't get past the math part. No, I'm not good at math. No, me either. Yeah, I only got up to like pre-algebra in high school. I remember thinking it was hard and that I didn't like it. I only got up to grade 10, prime numbers or something. I wanted to ask you about modal realism. Shit, I have to Google it now because I don't, it's been a while since I looked at the book. Mm. I don't think I will remember modal realism. Mm. That's not right. it well enough. I feel insecure now. Maybe they did want to cancel it if they did we can just release it on youtube help you you <laughs> seem really hot your hair is getting wet too. i'm already i get so hot so easily because of suboxone i sweat so fast mm. it's I, really hot i didn't know it would be hot in toronto everyone always says that but the weather is just kind of the same here as in new york mm. same amount of snow same amount of hot. Mm. I don't know how to do Fahrenheit, but it's right now it's a hundred and a hundred point four degrees. Whoa! Is that, is that hot to you? Yeah, that seems like scorching hot. It's extremely hot. Yeah, a hundred. I have an ice pack here. Mm. It just seems farther north than New York. I think that Toronto is south of New York, maybe. Oh, it's confusing how it works. Mm. Who fucking cares? It's hot here and it snows there. Mm. People have strange ideas about what it's like in Canada. Mm. Someone once asked me if I ever lived in an igloo. Mm. <laughs> well, funny. Yeah. If, I'd ever, if I see moose. You should live in an igloo. That would be really funny. It seems relaxing in there. I would try it. Yeah. Well, you would try it, I know. You seem kind of, what are the people who live in igloos? Inuit. Yeah. I've always thought your eyes look kind of Asian. That's nice. Like your eye area. Not my eye eyes, but the whole thing. Yeah. I have this thing called ptosis where my top eyelid droops down. Someone's at my door. I have to deliver their mail. Hmm. Who is that? Brad just went to his door. It looks like I can see on the wall behind him, there's a really big stain that looks like a water stain. And I can also see a place where you plug in electrical stuff, but it's torn off. 
I have, yeah. Can you see my eyelids? Do they look different than other white persons? Yeah, it seems like you don't have a double eyelid. Yeah, I don't have double eyelids. Yeah, that's what I maybe what I'm noticing because Asians only uh-huh. some Asians have that. What Asians get to have it? I think I have it. Do I? A little. Yeah, you have it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Your, your eyes look friendly. Yeah, my eyes don't look like that Asian. Like they don't get that slit like <laughs> I don't know how to have this conversation though. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say anything. You can just laugh at my <laughs> But I told Christine like I think my friend she has it she has surgery because over mm. time I have to keep raising my brow to see properly. Mm. The drooping eyelid starts to cover my my pupil, so eventually I have to have like an eyelid lift, which mm. seems that seems kind of cute. Yeah, I didn't know that it starts covering up your vision a little. I mean, yeah. mm. when my dad starts getting more overweight, he has that big time the drooping thing yeah. on one side. He must not be able to see that well. I think it's the same idea. Who mm. was at the door? Uh, that was my downstairs neighbor. She was away and she asked me to, to get her mail. So I got, I think it felt like a pair of shoes. Mm, mm. She's friendly. Nice. She, her boy, she broke up with her boyfriend. So he's gone. I didn't like him. Mm. Nice. I don't like when people, I don't like when people smoke weed in a building. Mm-hmm. You have to smell it. Mm. Even if I smoked weed, I don't like when other people are doing it and it gets mm. into my living space. Your your apartment looks very uh, clean. Mm. What's that thing that says six on the wall? Oh, this is it's an embroidery my friend Mark DeLong made. Mm. It's really good. He's really good. Mm. When I smoke DMT in this room, that that's the thing that really is interesting to look at after. I'm glad everyone doesn't talk about DMT anymore. Everyone thinks it's stupid. <laughs> they do. Yeah, I haven't heard that many people talking about it. No, it's like bath salts now. It's over. It's mm. over. Yeah, now it's aliens. Aliens are the new DMT. An alien could smoke DMT, though. Well, they would see us. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you again. Yeah, I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You looked friendly. It was nice. All right. Bye. This has been an episode of Office Magazine's podcast, which is creative directed by Somniam. That's me. It was produced by Alex Weiss, who's engineered and sound edited by our head of sound, Neil Madala. This podcast is presented by Office Magazine and distributed by ACAST. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 